Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I'm your host, Jeanette Bonner. Welcome to August. We are still in quarantine. I love that I'm just like checking it. Hey, everybody, we're still in quarantine, right? Just status update for everybody listening. Um, So I have uh, uh, another virtual session coming at you, but I have a really awesome guest. Um, We're starting a new series um, where I get to chat with a bunch of dating coaches and matchmakers and ask them all of your questions. So I'm really excited to talk to Ashley Campana today. Ashley, thank you so much for being on Hashtag Single. I'm so excited to be here. Hey. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, read your your bio, and you can correct it if oh it's. My in, gosh, but great. I found it. I found it on the internet, the old internet. Perfect. Um, so <laughs> Ashley Campana is a certified matchmaker and director of recruiting at Lisa Clampett Matchmaking, which is a high end personalized dating service offering quote unquote a great way for exceptional single men to meet extraordinary women, which we will get back to, um, by giving them a bridge into a social network that allows them to feel as if they have a best fe- friend to introduce them to other singles of quality and style. Um, With a BFA in musical theater, which we'll also get back to, Ashley toured the country in the first national tour of high school musical, yay, and currently moonlights as a member of the GEM improv group at Magnet Theater. Her extensive improv experience is one of the unique qualities her clients love most about her because Ashley helps you recognize that the secret to securing the second date relies on your improv dating skills, which I 100% uh, agree with. (laughs) Um, So I love that you strive the dating and the entertainment world. A lot of our guests on Hashtag Single happen to work in the entertainment industry simply by virtue of the fact that I work in the entertainment industry. So um, this is, uh, you're one of us, shall we Yeah, say. yeah. There's a lot of overlap for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's also, I was just thinking that. I was like, is it that all people in the entertainment industry are single or that all single people are in the entertainment industry. I was like, what, what is the Venn diagram of being single and wanting to be an actor or just working in an industry that um, gives you the craziest schedule known to man? I'm sure that uh, there's some science behind that. Um, <laughs> but so let's begin there. How, um, how did you transition into the world of matchmaking from being an actor? Was it your day yeah. job? Um, w- yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, when I became a matchmaker, I kind of um, stopped auditioning. But um, you know, there's so much overlap between acting and matchmaking, if you can believe it. Um, but I think the biggest, the biggest quality that um, my acting background gave me to help me become um, an excellent matchmaker is. Um, a sense of empathy uh, oh, yeah. for, for my clients. Like I, 
I really try to understand everything about my clients, um, about who they are, what their lifestyle's like, what makes sense for them, and I really try to put myself in their shoes about um, what a perfect partner would be, um, and then I like scour the city to find that person. Um, but I think uh, I think empathy and like and like understanding character um, is a really key asset that I have um, coming from an acting background. Yeah, that's absolutely on point and so interesting, especially being able to um, sort of pause your own personal circumstances and, I don't know, the corny saying is like, step into someone else's shoes, but really it's just an empathetic way of understanding the world from someone else's perspective. Yeah, Um, I also just think just... um, an insatiable curiosity about people um, mm-hmm. is essential to be a matchmaker. It, I, it's essential to be a dater to a, a single person who's out in the world trying to find a partner. Curiosity is like key to life. Um, and I think because I love learning about people so much, my, my day is never boring. I'm My day is interviewing people, um, multiple people uh, throughout the day. So that it's like just feeds all of my needs. <laughs> it's the best. I I get to learn about um, like what makes people tick and and who they are and and um, and why they're different and um, what they what they're passionate about and what they're interested in. And so like that that curiosity in me helps me be a good matchmaker. And it's like truly like the most important thing to be a successful dater is to have that curiosity. I, I would think so. I mean, I, if I was going to hire a matchmaker, like I would really want someone who truly did listen to my wants and needs and was um, curious to unearth what it would uh, require to sort of fit those needs with a partner. Yeah, like, I yeah. feel like that would be like a game changer <laughs> um, for my matchmaking experience, which maybe I'll tell you about in a moment. Oh, but, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on the podcast before, but I'll tell you about it. Um, so when, when did you decide to like quit pursuing acting full-time to focus on matchmaking? I've been a matchmaker for over four years now, so it's been a minute. Um, yeah. So Do I've you been miss in- it? Um, I mean, I still act. Um, right, because you're doing improv, right? Yeah, I, I improvise with my team. Um, we do two shows a week, uh, still virtually, which is amazing. Um, wow. So that is, like, the best. And, um, yeah, I'm on an all-female team. It's, like, it's the most fun that I could possibly ask for. And it's so creative and so inspiring, and I always leave so filled um, that uh, – yeah, and I, I mean, truly, I, I love matching. I love matching people. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's uh, it's something I stumbled upon, and it feels like I found my destiny. <laughs> that sounds so lame, but it's It does true. not, because I think all of us, <laughs> especially in this weird pandemic where we don't know what the future of the entertainment industry is, like, all of us feel like if I could find the one thing that would make me feel as whole as this, the pursuit of acting or pursuit of whatever else we're doing me for producing as well if I could find something else to do it god damn it I would totally do it you know what I mean and get paid that'd be nice yeah and it's just like it's such an it's the most important thing in people's life is to yeah. find their partner um so helping people facilitate that is just like incredibly rewarding and um 
very exciting. It's very exciting. I yeah. like well, when we went to, to an office. I used to dance in the office like all of the live long day. Whenever something was fun happened, I would like have a dance party in the office because. I could barely contain myself. You're you know? so cute. You're like, hey guys, this is a little bitty from a high school musical. <laughs> let me show you. Let me show you this little small tap number. Um, so wait, what does it take to be a certified matchmaker? Is there a course that you take? Yeah, yeah. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, the Matchmaking Institute is. Um, a school it's an accredited school um, that was founded by uh, my boss Lisa Clampett um, so it it is yeah coursework uh, you can either do online or in person um, and it's you, you you do a course on how to be a matchmaker and how to set up a business um, so yeah I'm a certified matchmaker and I'm a certified dating coach what kind of courses do you take? I'm so yeah. fascinated by this. Um, so I, I just did my, my date, date coaching certification earlier this year. And it, um, it's an in-person, it's a science-based uh, date coaching um, course. And so you learn about, like, uh, the science behind relationships and what makes a person a, a, a good fit and how to help people through um, through any, like, blocks they might be experiencing or any crisis that they might be having in terms of like getting in their own way or self-sabotaging or things of that mm. nature helping people through that type of uh thing because that happens a lot um, when people are vulnerable um they get in their own way so um things like that so yeah it's a it's a straight up class where you learn <laughs> how to be it i feel um, like i want to do that just to like master dating I mean, it, it <laughs> is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, do it. being a coach for other people, like, I want to take it for myself. <laughs> You're like, I, I could be my own day coach. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's really great, uh, great training. It's, um, it, it helped me tremendously. So well, I feel like it gives you a lot of more, like, it sounds like it's more uh, sort of geared toward interpersonal skills, sort of maybe, am I going too far to say it's in the realm of psychology or sociology and less about, like, what to put on a dating profile or yeah um, it's it um i mean i yeah i guess i'm i'm definitely not a psychologist or a therapist um it's more just like helping someone um you know help themselves i guess uh or or face um challenges that yeah. they might be um experiencing even down to just like uh helping someone figure out what criteria is important to them um you know people people have limiting a limiting mindset when it comes to um, choosing criteria and a lot of times their criteria gets in their way of finding a successful relationship like um, mm. you know things like um, things like oh he has to be over six two um, which is fine but is is that really the most important thing to you like it's it's no longer just like oh I need to be attracted to them, which of course it, you have to be attracted to your partner, one hundred percent. Yes, do that. Um, but when you're when you're putting um, very specific criteria where you're like um, Frankensteining a partner, of in terms of like I, I want. To, uh, this quality from this person and this quality from this person, it just becomes like a, a limiting mindset. Mm -hmm. And we want people to have a mindset of abundance and focus on, on like the characteristics that make someone a perfect partner for you as opposed to like the, um, the niche qualities that um, aren't necessarily 
uh, going to have this, the staying power for a long-term relationship. My instinct is that that comes from our current position of overwhelm. You know, I don't know, maybe you know the numbers of single people in New York City, but I mean, certainly when you go on these apps, it feels like you have an unlimited yeah. foray of options. So why not start saying, well, I want someone who's over six feet. Well, I want someone that is a practicing Catholic. You know, it's like, it's a way to find order in this vast sea but I agree with you how it could potentially be limiting. Yeah, it's a, the paradox of choice when you have too right. many options you never choose. Right. And, um, it's so interesting that you use those two examples of over six feet and a practicing Catholic. The practicing Catholic is fully in alignment with someone's It's values, like a value, right, right. Which that is, makes more sense. Right. Which, I mean, yes, you need, you need value systems to be in alignment um, for a long-term uh successful relationship um the details of like i have to have blue eyes or i have to have you know a, a size five shoe i'm making this up um like th those things are not necessarily that we start getting into the um minutiae of um of of details as yeah, opposed yeah. to um, what's the essence of this person? Um, do we connect? Do we want the same things in our life? Are our values the same? Uh, am I attracted to them? Um, those things are important. And I would totally be, um, I'm totally in favor of like, once you find someone where your life goals and your value systems are in alignment and you think each other's hot, then like get off the, the um, carousel and freaking, you know, lock that person down. Um, <laughs> because I mean, any, any relationship is going to take work. So um, as long as you find someone that like those things are compatible, you're, you're, you know, in the clear. Um, for the most part, uh, uh, you know, uh, barring some like extremes, but um, you can make most things work and you're going to have to negotiate terms of any relationship. So like you could continue to seek perfection, but it's, you know, it's never, you're never gonna find perfection. Totally. Um, yeah. So talk to me about like <laughs> the status of working with a matchmaker in a global pandemic. How does that work? <laughs> um, Honestly, gosh, we're so busy right now. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been busier. Oh, my God, um, tell me everything. Yeah, I mean, I really think people have, um, people are, like, reevaluating their lives, essentially. Oh. So people, I, don't get me wrong, in March, people freaked out, and it was very quiet. <laughs> and then come April, people are like, oh, this is this is going to be the same for a long time. I yeah. better, I better, um, you know, find someone. And I think people are just more aware of like, when you take away, when you take away the dinner parties and you take away the galas and you take away, um, the, uh, art shows and whatever, um, then you're just at your apartment by mm -hmm. yourself. Um, and <laughs> you realize what's actually important in life. And that is, so it's so interesting. This time, the people, I, I found the people who are super, like, hyper, um, hyper into, you know, have to have X, Y, Z and a million other things are, those people are becoming so much more open now. Because it's no longer about reasons to say no to a, mm -hmm. a particular candidate. It's finding a reason to say yes to them because they don't want to be alone. 
Ooh, I like that perspective. Totally. And I, I mean, I think that that is 100% the way to, to view someone. As a, like, don't make a laundry list of all the reasons you might not, um, you might not like them. Think of the reasons that they would be good in your life. Yeah. And are those reasons compelling? Great. <laughs> then date them. Like, do you have fun when you're with them? Um, do you want the same things out of your life? Do you, um, do you feel respected and appreciated by them? Is there, you know, those things are essential, but like right. the rest of it is just kind of, you know, extra. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're super, super busy. Um, we're mostly doing virtual dates. Um, of which course, yeah. It's, you know, wave of the future. It's happening. It's here. Um, and then, uh, but after a, a virtual date or two, people are definitely meeting in person um, with like, you know, restrictions and like boundaries um, yeah but yeah it's been pretty exciting we have a couple of couples uh who have met um like since quarantine and are, are together or oh. like um met once before quarantine and now they live together um, oh my god okay I i'm not sure i'm ready to share my germ circle with someone scenario. quite yeah. soon but yeah so are you matching your clients with your other clients or are you just sort of coaching them to meet people on dating apps? Oh, no, no, no. Um, so neither. Uh, essentially, I'm like a headhunter uh, for love. Okay. So I have... I have <laughs> that is um, such a great tagline. <laughs> headhunter um, for love. So, yeah, we're really, really small. We take on only a handful of clients. Um, so it it's rare that a client will be a match for another client. Um, so I'll find matches for them like any which way I'll, you know, networking events or LinkedIn or, you know, um, I ask every person I know who they know, like those types of things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I find matches for my clients that way. Oh, okay. Great. So what are you finding are like the number one questions or issues or concerns that your clients have right now? Is it really just about like meeting in real life and germs, germ sharing? That is a concern for some people and for, for others, it's no concern at all. So, um, I guess sort of negotiating people's comfort level. Um, and I think you always err on the side of the person who's more cautious. Um, so yeah, we're just we're kind of just making recommendations of setting um, setting a, a level of comfort before you meet um, by like by saying it in words and having that conversation of like I would like to wear a mask at all times and I would like to not touch you um, just so like it's out there. Um, yeah, and no one's and like offended or you're reading body language that we used to read before lockdown that's no longer present. Right. It's, it's just a different circumstance. And, yeah. um, and yeah, there, there's no, uh, there's no like feeling of obligation if, of like, oh, if I'm having such a great time and normally I would kiss you goodnight, like that, you don't have to do that now. You can just like say, I've had a very nice time. And, like <laughs> and I would like again. to kiss you, but um, you're wearing your mask. Yeah. So <laughs> I, mean, I think it's just about like making sure everyone's comfort level is heard, um, before you meet in person, because, um, especially when you meet in person, like you get carried away and you like each other and you're having fun and, and all those things. Um, so you don't want to like, uh, you know, make someone feel rejected, but you also, you also want to keep your safety. So it's just good to have that conversation before you meet. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to go back to the thing that I said, let's talk about this when I was reading your bio. Yeah. And this will transition very nicely into my story about matchmaking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Generous. Why does Lisa Clampett phrase it that single men, it's their, their service or the service you work for is offering a way for single men to meet extraordinary women. Why is it phrased that way? Um, because up until like mm, a couple of months ago, we were only taking men as clients. Oh, okay. That's actually, okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. I was just um, like, why are we servicing men with an abundance of women? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, up until recently, we just weren't working with, with women. Oh. Um, and, uh, She's just been very niche in in um, in her business model, but um, but we've recently met a couple of women that we couldn't say no to. We just loved so much that we had to, you know, open the floodgates. Um, What's the reason behind just focusing on offering the service for men prior to this shift? It's just um, it's just the specialty. Uh, it, it would be the same as like a headhunter just um, just looking in, in uh, recruiting people for tech or something. Right. Um, and then when you're like, oh, I'm going to uh, recruit for this other um, like hospitality role, it's just like, oh, I don't know anyone in that world, so I just need to start from scratch. Um, so it's just a, it's just a different uh, demographic. In the same way that, like, um, you know, if I take on uh, someone in their, in their 20s, it's, it's a very different demographic mm-hmm. and a very different search from someone in their 50s. Um, so yeah, it's it's just about you know staying small and focused and on the thing you do really well and and doing it well as opposed to trying to diversify um, and not being as successful. Um, I hear you, and there's we, that's smart. I think. Yeah, we really try to take on people that we think we're going to be successful with. Is is the long and short of it. Um, but yeah, we took on some women. First, we became we were obsessed with them. So what we were supposed to do. We, we had to work with them. Well, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you've adjusted your model. I will say that, like, my experience with and my understanding of sort of the matchmaking industry was that it has been geared to a service that is provided to men who are at a certain stage in their life and they're looking for women. And I'm, you know, we're a feminist podcast, so I'm going to go there. You're doing a great job making it very neutral, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to poke some pins in a little bit. My theory is that and this is not a surprise to anybody but you know men being I won't say they're in traditional breadwinner role but historically and even present day they make more money than women and so I think it's a monetary issue men now have the means they get to a certain place in their career where they're um, successful making money have extra money to spend but are without a partner and can take that extra income um, to hire a matchmaker to look for a woman um i mean that i guess that could be like up a purpose but i don't know in new york i feel like there are plenty of incredibly successful women there are so why isn't this industry i'm just curious why isn't this industry historically been marketed or geared towards um towards women, successful women as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, Well, I do think that there are plenty of matchmakers who do focus on women. Um, And now we're kind of split. Um, But, yeah, I think there are plenty of matchmakers that do focus on women. Yeah. Um, But, 
yeah, I, I, I guess I, um, I guess I disagree with you. Okay, <laughs> um, that's great. That's great. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And I feel like, do you feel like the industry is sort of like coming around in terms of representational equality as like a service for both sexes? Um, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, here's the other side of it is. Just because the men are paying for the service doesn't mean the women are not gaining a, a great service um, right. from us. Just because the men are paying does not mean I am not 100% listening and um, and validating the, the needs and wants of the women. I will never set up a woman with someone um, that just because my client's going to like her if she's not going to like him. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm so happy you said that because that is entirely my experience. That I, is, I did. I tried it twice. No, um, that is fully, fully against um, our ethical code. Uh, <laughs> um, that that I makes mean, me so happy. We only so I mean, the women in our database or the people in our database who are getting set up on dates are um, who aren't paying us are still getting a great benefit and they're getting awesome dates and dates that they will be psyched about. And if they're not psyched about, then they don't go on them. I am ready to be in your database. I volunteer <laughs> as tribute. No, let me tell you. So um, a couple of years ago, I was in an acting class. <laughs> and <laughs> of all things, my teacher had told me that she had met her fiance through a matchmaking company. And I'm like, I'm all in. How do I get signed up? Right, tell me right away. So I went in, there was a huge interview and I was really excited about it. Um, and the first date they sent me on was like 100% in the wrong direction. And I will tell you this because you'll get it. Like the big thing, um, you know, he had asked me what was going on in my, I don't remember my life or my career or what I was doing that week or something like that. And I told him I had, um, I had a callback for 39 Steps, Ooh. Um, which was a play that was on Broadway for several years. And even if you've never heard of the, of the Broadway play, it's a, it's a very famous movie, a Hitchcock movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't think that that was like a really esoteric reference and it was just like blank face. Um, but moreover, it wasn't just like, oh, I don't know what that is. Tell me more about it. It was like, he was an insurance salesman and there was a zero interest in him in learning about my life and learning about what the show was. He was just like, I don't know what that is. Dismissal. And I was like, this could not be the word. And I wasn't attracted to him. Mm -hmm. He was, he was not my type physically either. So I was angry. I was like, don't set me up with someone because I'm his type, but he's not mine. And they, they apologized and they were like, okay, we get it. We get it. Please let us try again. And then the next date they set me up with um, was someone who worked in the entertainment industry. However, um, he was nearly 25 years older than me at the time to the point where he said, are you in your 20s? And I said, I actually just turned 30. And he said, um, oh, good, because I don't date women in my 20s. And I want to be like... I was in my 20s six months ago, you know what I mean? And he was closer in age to my dad than he was to me. And um, that didn't fit my parameters, but it yeah, fit his. Did you talk about, about And that, that was range? the end of that story, <laughs> of my experience with matchmaking. Did you talk about age range with, with the matchmaker, about what you were comfortable with? Well, I, they, filed, they followed up with me, and they said, how did the date go? And I said, uh, oh, when they interviewed me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they just ignored that. I gave them a 10-year ceiling, which I think is, it's still sort of... I think a decade of difference is a lot personally, and that, but I was willing to go a decade higher. Um, 
And and uh, they sent me someone anyway. And they were just like, well, we don't have anybody who fits your parameters. And I'm like, I'm out. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, um, well, it's good that they said that they don't have anyone to fit your parameters. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, number one, it, it it does suck when you really like a, a, a girl and you don't have anyone who fits their parameters like that sucks and sometimes the girl thinks that like that like I, they didn't have a good showing or I didn't like them or you know whatever um, but sometimes I just don't have anyone at the time um, so that sucks and some I'll be like some uh, maybe I'll have someone for you next week and sometimes I'll have someone for you in two years and I really mean that <laughs> um, I actually just set someone up um, this month that I interviewed over two years ago and she was like you know you said that it it might be tomorrow and it might be in a long time and you were right <laughs> um, and uh, she was like so freaking excited about um, about the date and she was like I, I can't believe that I waited this long and you you matched me with such a like perfect match um, but uh, yeah, where were we? Oh, um, back to your criteria. I mean, so I don't know. Maybe maybe the matchmaker was just, like, really liked you and wanted to give you a date and you didn't <laughs> have anyone and, you know, was trying to, like, force something. I, I don't know. I don't know this matchmaker. Um, right, right. And, uh, or maybe she misinterpreted or maybe she just didn't listen to you. Or maybe, I don't know. Um, or like you but, said, like, I just really felt like they were just, like, providing women for the men because they paid for the service. Yeah. But not actually actually listening to what the values of the women were. Because it's a two-way street. Totally. You know, I wasn't there yeah, to make him happy. Like, it's right. for me, too. Yeah, it's fully not my style. Um, or, uh, or does it align with my ethical code? Um, but uh, that sucks. Yeah, I would say um, I treat the women like gold um, because, uh, I, I mean, I think you're only as good as the matches as you can provide. And, um, I mean, it's we're all word of mouth also. That's the other thing. Mm. We don't advertise. Um, Lisa's been in, in business for over 20 years, and um, it's fully word of mouth. And... <laughs> So that reputation follows you as well. Um, so we we really really try to listen to the women and honor what they want. Um, I love that. Regardless of you know whether or not they're the client, because um, if the women are not happy with the service you're providing, they tell their friends as of much course. as they tell their friends when they're very happy with the service they're providing. Um, so I feel really. Um, I always feel very honored when the women um, that I introduce, like, introduce me to their friends. It's it really um, makes me feel like um, like I'm doing a good job for them, and like they mm. they trust me um, enough to introduce me to their friends. Um, but yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of turned me off of matchmaking. I was like, this game is rigged. But maybe um, you're you're like inspiring me to maybe try it again. You know? I mean, I think like you could have a really crappy dentist, and that doesn't mean like all dentists are bad. Very, you know? very true. Yeah. Um, 
And so you're constantly surrounded by improvisers, and I'm going to say this with love because I'm an improviser as well. Um, in my humble opinion, comedians and improvisers are kind of notoriously single people. <laughs> I don't know if it's like our quirky sense of humor or our need for constant attention. I'm sure both, but like, are you like constantly? casting people or like shipping people in your head like are you there at like shows being like mm, I need one of those you know <laughs> um why not necessarily with improvisers in like specifically but yeah I'm never not working I'm are you never- like on the subway being like oh I definitely yes. need her in my database yes Um, Oh my God. I love that so much. Yes. I, I like can't, um, turn it off. I, uh, yes. Do you just, do you ever just like approach people at a coffee shop and be like, okay, this is going to sound super weird, but are you single? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I I Um, slip into people's DMs so fast. Like I cannot possibly. uh, Why have we never met before? I feel very disappointed. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I have no shame in that. Um, I'm fully okay with that, and um, people can say no if they if they're not interested or they're not single or whatever. Listen, I think most single women, especially people that I have as guests on the podcast, were so frustrated by the app situation. Like, if any human came up to me ever in my life or everyone anyone ever DM'd me, it was like, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm a matchmaker <laughs> and I'm constantly looking for my day. I have a perfect guy for you. Like, we would be like, hell yes, hands down. <laughs> Like, you're making our life easier. You know, someone else is taking care of it. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, So I've been with my husband for longer than I've been a matchmaker. And um, once I started matching and, like, recruiting and looking for people, I was like, no one ever... No one ever wanted me to be in their database. What the heck? <laughs> that's, I'm not kidding. You. I'm like thinking that right now. And that's 100% just my actor ego. Just being like, why wasn't I picked? Like, why wasn't I chosen? That's, that's so really funny. silly. Um, I have some uh, like listener questions. I just want to say oh that gosh. to make myself There's sound fancy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, well, I was really curious. Like I said, I'm going to uh, be interviewing a lot of dating coaches and matchmakers. And I'm curious what, you know, if people have access to them, what do they want to know in the status of dating right now? Yeah. Um, but wait, one clarification question. So yes. you're both a dating coach and a matchmaker. Are these mutually exclusive or do you offer coaching services to people who are not um, using your matchmaking services? Um Right now, I just use use my dating coaching for my clients. Got um, it. It's like a little bonus. Um, it, it's, I mean, sometimes people are open to coaching. Sometimes people aren't. Um, but generally, they are. Uh, we always get feedback after after the date. So if there's something that comes up for um, for someone and they need to, you know, have some coaching, then we definitely offer that as um, as a, a service. Um, but Sometimes it's just like hearing the feedback and then implementing it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't need like a whole to do. Um, but uh, no, my job is, is one job. It's one job. <laughs> um, okay, so first question. I love this one's really kind of intense, which I really love. And I okay. think it's really important for a matchmaker just either by your own personal standards or by the company's standards. What is the measure of success in yeah. setting people up together? 
Um, the, that's really interesting, and I think it's totally different for each client. Um, so for a lot of clients, it's um, a long-term relationship. Um, some it's like, you know, to, to get a third date. It, it, it kind of depends on the person. Um, at sometimes it's marriage. It, it really depends on, on who this client is and what their goals what are. What they want in their life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what their relationship history is. Mm. Um, so it, it's fully different for each person. We don't take on people who um, don't want a long-term relationship in some capacity. Um, it's... Uh, it's, we're just not a dating service. We are only right. um, making introductions for uh, the intention of a long-term relationship. Um, so it's not like you know, um, you know, just for a date um, in a casual way. It's it's really for um, the intention of of commitment. Yeah. But um, I think I think that is different for each person. You, you know, like I do have clients who have are divorced and don't want to be married again, um, and but do want. Uh, a life partner, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, or, you know, uh, people who just want to like improve their their dating life and um, improve their exposure and get feedback and be better in the dating scene. It, it kind of depends on on the person. Do people ever? We're talking specifically about um, the clients that you that employ you, and mm-hmm. not your database. But do people ever? sort of like work with you and then say, hey, we're going to date for like however long, you know, maybe three months goes by mm-hmm. and then they write you an email and they're like, hey, can we, you know, do they they pause their subscription and oh, totally. do they go on hiatus? Yeah, yeah we actually have a, a whole time built into our contract. So it, it's to encourage people to actually explore the relationship and they don't feel like their time is being wasted or, or whatever that means. Um, but yeah, 100%. Like, And sometimes people will go on hold like after the first date. Whoa. Oh, yeah, totally. Do you have statistics? Do you have stats for, I guess, whatever we're talking about in measure of successes? Oh, gosh. Um, I I mean, I guess I don't have a a stat for what we call the one and done. Um, (laughs) My my colleague, Beth, is like the freaking queen of one and done. She... um, yeah, that's like her shtick. I um, can't even freaking imagine at this point in my life going on one date and being like, I'm in, yeah, cancel it, the podcast, get yeah, me off totally all the apps. Happens. Um, my personal specialty is, um, <laughs> it's, it feels a little bad to say, but um, if I feel really, really strongly about a match and the client declines and I force them <laughs> to go out, I have, at this point, I think it's like a, I, it's happened all but one time the, the, the client has, has agreed with me. Okay. Um, so I, I, it hasn't happened a hundred times, I don't know, but um, we'll say like a 95% success rate on, um, if I force you to go on a date, you will like that person. <laughs> oh, I thought there was going to be something great about it where you were like, you get a free subscription for a year or I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> I thought you, <laughs> I thought you were going to sweeten the deal somehow. Oh no. Like I, I they, they, they're getting a great partner that they wouldn't have normally they, gone the out prize, with. The prize is love, obviously. The prize is love. You're welcome. I thought um, you were going to wager and be like, you know, go out with this person and I promise you, I will, I will take you to lunch on Friday. Um, um, yeah, but we say we, we, our success rate is in the nineties. Um, in That's terms of phenomenal. Like, in terms of like that, that person feels really happy.
happy about the experience that they had and either ended up in a, in a relationship um, or had like significant self-growth that um, led them to a relationship afterwards. I think that's really key what you just said. I think that is really beautiful and, and often overlooked. Um, just like, yeah, you guys, all you can really do, I mean, not dating and coaching aside, is really introduce them to a variety of people that they may not have met before. So nothing is guaranteed. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't guarantee that people are going to end up in a long-term relationship. But, like, really, and this is a, a, a theme that comes up on the podcast a lot, all we do really have control over is our personal um, growth and on this journey of dating. Um, and your own level of happiness. Totally. Um, so I love that you included that as a additional measure of success, if you want to call it. Yeah, you might end up in a long-term relationship, or you might end up just being in a different place emotionally and mentally. Yeah, um, but most people end up in relationships. So okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> She's like, let's be clear, Jeanette. We're pretty solid. I, this is like the best paid ad you've ever had, girl. <laughs> I hope that a billion people just send you an email after this podcast. Oh, oh my I'm goodness. like ready to sign up immediately. I don't know about you. Um, let's see. Okay, so this was a really great question. I'm so curious about this as, great. as well. So I have not had um, a... I've not had... I had one virtual date, like FaceTime date, uh-huh. um, and I have not had any in real life dates, but I feel as if the culture is transitioning now that we can dine outside and whatnot mm-hmm. into meeting. And I keep getting hung up on the face mask thing. Like, mm-hmm. so obviously you're going to show up wearing your mask, which is mm-hmm. weird because you, the first impression is the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if you don't go for drinks? What if you decide to go on a walk? Like, do you wear the mask the whole time? And does that impede the connection? Like, when do you take the mask off? I mean, it is a whole new world. Yeah, I don't, again, I think you set the boundaries ahead of time. I have clients who do want to wear a face mask the entire time, and I have clients who don't. Um, so it, it really depends on, on, it's a person's individual comfort level. But I do think that you should address it before you meet is the key. Um, because you just want to be on the same page and... and um, yeah, I, it's it's hard. It is definitely um, not an easy scenario to make a, make a connection romantically with that barrier. Um, mm. But it's also the reality of our situation. So um, it's not ideal, and uh, but neither is a pandemic. So you got to make it True work. True story. Yeah, I guess that's smart. You just ask ahead of time, like, are we wearing masks or we don't? Yeah. Um, and if just, you have a preference, say it. Right, because like if, if, if you, you want to wear masks and the other person doesn't, then um, I got messaged by a guy who full-on just asked me, well, this was a couple months ago before the, um, maybe not even a couple, but it was before the restaurants had ho- opened. And he asked if I was, like, mating people in real life yet. And I was, like, horrified. I was like, what? No, I'm barely seeing my friends. And he's like, okay, then I'm out. I was and like, that's fine. That's no, fine. I'm glad he took himself yeah. out of the running because he gained a lot of information. Very all quickly. I was thinking was like, how many people have you met? And right. wh- you know what I mean? Um, ugh, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> and um, I think at this point, it's totally appropriate to also ask, like, what is your relationship with social distancing? Is that something you're honoring? Is it not? Like, how how comfortable are you? Right. And make your decision based on that. Yeah. Um, 
you know. I keep thinking about that because, you know, when I've met up with my friends, you don't realize how much is communicated from the lower half of the face. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, isn't it wild? Yeah. Um, like, it's like your whole mouth. All the, right, all, all the, the nuance of expression, yeah. <laughs> laughter, um, how you communicate. I mean, it, it just is fascinating how much we're missing in, mm-hmm. uh, in conversation without having that. It's so interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. So I, I think if I would want to go on a date, I feel like I would need to see their full face just to, to read them, just to see how we're vibing and connecting. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking, like, how the, how the hell do we manage that? You know, there's also um, the school of thought, which I know some people have been doing, is just doing FaceTime dates until you're ready to to meet in person and then um, uh, being physically exclusive to that person. Not necessarily like, Mm. you know, sleeping together, but um, being like, I'm only seeing you. I'm not dating around. Right, Um, right. I'm not meeting other people in person um, and having that type of like two week of, you know, prior uh, and like setting the day of like we're gonna you know quarantine for two weeks and then we're gonna meet and we're you know gonna be open to not wearing masks or whatever it is um, that uh, again it's to each his own um, in terms of comfort but um, th- that is happening physical exclusivity upon meeting yeah that's I, I it sounds so easy when you just say well just communicate. Yeah, <laughs> we forget sometimes. We're just like, oh yeah, just say what you need yeah. and yes, see if exactly. the other person say what responds. You need, use your words. It's good. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so just out of curiosity, and this was yeah. a question that someone asked me, and I'm curious about it too. What is the percentage of men to women who use uh, dating coaches versus matchmakers? Do you happen to know? Gosh, no, I don't. That is a sad, I am not I know it's a weird for. question, but I think what she was angling at, and I feel like what I've experienced as well, is that women, um, there tends to be an abundance of women that use dating coaches, mm-hmm. but the matchmaking industry, historically, I know you mm-hmm. guys are moving towards a different future, but historically has been geared towards men. So I find that dichotomy really interesting. Um, yeah, but like I was saying earlier, is we, we still do coach the men, um, it's just not like a separate service. It's all inclusive. Right. Um, so I guess, yeah, I don't really have the um, a, a stat on that in terms of like who hires strictly a dating coach versus um, a matchmaker who is also a dating coach. Most matchmakers are dating coaches as well um, or have that capability to give feedback and give suggestions and like help people along in that way. Um, that is a generally a big a big part of it is getting feedback and sharing feedback and helping um, cross those barriers. Are most matchmakers women? Yes. Why yes. do you think that is? Is it the empathetic um, value? I mean, there's plenty of, of male matchmakers, but I would say, like, I'm thinking of our conference. We have a big conference every year, and it is it is a, mostly a room full it's of a women, lot of women with a handful of guys. Yeah, I think it's just, um, I think it's like a heart-centered uh, profession, and um, it has a lot of feminine um, feminine qualities. But there's there are great matchmakers that are men. Um, but I, I can just see, like, I mean, I'm quite feminine, and I'm very drawn to the profession, so it makes sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, 
yeah, there's plenty of there are plenty of male matchmakers, but um, not nearly in the in the abundance. Yeah. What is I guess just to round this out, I'm just curious, like, what is the one thing that you would like to see change in the dating world today? Um, that's interesting. You know, I think uh, we touched on this earlier and I feel like it's already changing. I, I, um, I would like to see people, uh, finding reasons to say yes is, Mm. is the truth. I think people have really interesting relationships when they're in relationships. And, um, I think sometimes it's hard to get people to, um, be all in on someone. And I think, I think it, it's important to be all in, um, and give someone a, a real chance and not, you know, not nitpick and not, um, and look at, look at the essence of someone and, um, look at the value of, of, of the broad picture as opposed to like the individual details. Yeah. That's lovely. I, I hope for that too. <laughs> but I think it's already started. Um, I, I trust you. I'm, I, don't, I don't know that I... I feel like it's in the air. I haven't yeah, seen I, that I, quite yet personally, but... Um, I've definitely know. seen a shift in the last couple months. Um, Good. Then we palpable. remain hopeful. We'll just yeah. say that. We just say that. <laughs> um, Ashley, if people want to work with you, either as a client or to get in this like phenomenal dating base of extraordinary women, how do they do that? Uh, yeah, go to lisaclampett.com and um, there is, uh, you can fill out a little thing to be in our database, which is great. Um, it, so it's L-I-S-A-C-L-A-M-P-I-T-T.com. Very cool. I th- Would it be okay if I, I'm so excited about this, I kind of want to apply and then talk about my experience on hashtag single. Is there a, uh, a NDA um, <laughs> that I'm worried about? Some clients require an NDA. <laughs> so that's a real thing. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> not very many. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying like I want to go on there and like totally hash my experience, but I think it would be so, so cool to. Oh no. Oh um, no. I'm nervous. No, no. Um, <laughs> no, I'm cause I'm an open person and I'm trying, I'm really, really, especially this year, I'm dedicated to trying new ways of dating. Um, and, and I would love to, uh, introduce that, that option to other people and if well, I can honestly, use my podcast that to talk about it. Well, honestly, that is key to life for um, finding a relationship is to have a whole bunch of different ways of meeting people. So that, yeah, agree. I mean, I think that's like the best way. So And also, you know, can I just go there yeah. to just have, you know what I'm going to say, a yes and attitude. 100%. Yes <laughs> I had to attitude. wrap it up with some improv. You know I did. You know I did. <laughs> um, but totally, yeah. The more um, the more ways you are open to finding love, the more ways someone has to find you. So whether that's like, well you know, joining a club or telling your friends you want to be set up or, or um, being on an app or being on a site or um, meeting someone in the park and like being open to that. Um, hire a matchmaker, whatever it is. Like the more ways that you have to um, find someone, the more ways you have to be found. Oh, what a great button! <laughs> <laughs> and on that 
that note, <laughs> um, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast it with me. It was pleasure. really, really cool to talk to you, talk to you about your passion and uh, learn more about Lisa Clampett. And um, I, I really do am excited to uh, join your database and see where it awesome. goes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds so, great. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, that is it for this episode of Hashtag Single, you guys. We will catch you next time. Thanks for having me.